Well, welcome to Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. Across from me, Shane Bishop. My name is Mike Luton. We are happy to have you join us today on this episode, Handling the Holidays. The holidays can be a wonderful time for us. The lights, the food, the family, the good cheer. But let's face it, not everyone feels that way. Most of us, most of us don't feel celebratory through the entire season anyways. And there are some of us who have a difficult time through the holiday season because of grief. Fresh grief, unresolved grief, ongoing grief is likely showing up at your holiday gatherings. That's why today we have the privilege of talking with Wendy Arneson, board certified counselor, as we look to navigate the holidays. But first, I want to bring in my co-host, my friend, Shane Bishop. Shane, how are you doing today? Well, I'm a little better now that I saw you actually plugged in your headphones because at first, you guys would have to be here, but Mike has this pair of, I'd say, children's headphones that are very, very small on his head. Kind of like a 300-pound guy riding a mini bike. It's kind of the image I get. How about you, Wendy? Are you kind of feeling that? I'm really feeling the electric teal blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I think there's a color mm-hmm. thing yeah. going yeah. on. And I didn't really mm-hmm. know what the color was, but teal blue. I think so. Well, or anyway, aquamarine. Aquamarine. Yeah. 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 As opposed to aquaman, because he would never wear those. Well, anyway, <laughs> so Mike was sitting here, and I'm sitting there thinking, why would Mike have those on, you know? And then there's this red cord that, that comes out of them, right? And it wasn't plugged in anything. It was, it was just laying on his, on his desk, and I'm sitting there thinking, what, a, you know, what is this? It really is oh. all about style. Woo. It's all style. Wow. No wow. function, just style. Yeah, yeah, did they just let all the prisoners loose from dork penitentiary? I mean, what just happened here? But then, in, in a moment, Wendy, in a moment before I, I just was going to, honestly, I was just going to leave. In a moment before that happened, he noticed that they weren't plugged in, and he plugged them in to his laptop computer. And I felt, you know, at least like we could have a conversation now. Yeah, and I will say, I think you plugged them in very smoothly. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. that got ousted right away as soon as Shane started talking. That's so, yeah. pretty much Good effort, effort. With good Shane. effort, good effort. The yeah, second I you. notice anything out of the ordinary, it's all over, Wendy. I mean, it's, it's just all it's done. over. First thing that came through my mind was, it was I actually recording? You know, that's yeah. what came across my mind at first. But we were recording, so that was very good. So we've captured... Would you say these electric moments? Yeah, well, have it was been smooth, <laughs> like Wendy said, until, yeah. you, until you brought it up right there. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I, like, do, I do want to say that these headphones, these were in 10 years not ago. Not a chance. Were, <laughs> neither <laughs> one of you believe no, it. No, neither one of you. not a chance. Beats by Dre. Uh-huh. Yes, they were in 10 years ago. I got these on sale for like 130 bucks. Can you believe that? Well, that's actually a pretty good price for Beats. Yeah. Yeah. See? There you go. Yeah, there Shane. You go. What if I told you that I paid $130 for these? What would you think I, about that? I would think it was shocking in, in a lot of ways, <laughs> but they're Beats. But they're Beats All by right. Dre. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Very, yeah. very uh, nice headphones. Very, very uh, well-constructed or more trendy. Very trendy. Ten All years right. ago, but then ten years later, they make me look like a fool. I'm like a 40-year-old no. man wearing these. No, no, no. You just look like, you know, a, a now graying young man trying to recapture some sense of your yeah. youth. Yeah, okay. I need to get you new know, headphones. You know, it's pathetic when you say Wendy. I mean, if you had to sum it up, pathetic comes to mind. I just keep thinking electric. Electric. <laughs> electric. <laughs> are, electric blue. Yeah, here's somebody that wants to come back and be on another show. Yeah. <laughs> Me, I've been trying to get fired ever I since know. we started. Yeah. In the very beginning. 
Shane, could you introduce Wendy for us? Introduce our Absolutely. audience. Wendy Arneson, uh, we have known each other for a, gosh, I, years and years and years and years. 2008 is when yeah. we started coming here. Eric and Wendy and their family started attending here uh, the year after we finished the new sanctuary. Yep. And uh, Wendy and Eric head up a wonderful Sunday school class that's also been going on for years yes. and years and years. Yes, long time. And I'll tell you how long the class has been going on. When it started, they were all young couples raising young children. And now most of you are like recent empty nesters. Yes, that's right. That's <laughs> it's right. Kind of, it's kind of fun. <laughs> but this, this group, you guys have really cycled together. And it's been a group of people who, who have matured and matured and, and matured in life together you know it's people you do life with so eric and wendy have been great friends uh, wendy also served on um in the past in, in some functions here in the church and in, in leadership and she is a someone that god has called to counseling and and that's pretty important for me because i i really see uh in pastoral ministry particularly in a large church uh you can't be a specialist at everything and one of the things I am convinced of is that I can't be someone's therapist and their preaching pastor because they'll always think I'm talking about them. And mm -hmm. I really believe that God, uh, in, in probably the last 10 or 20 years, has really called up a, a group of ministers like Wendy who have somewhat stepped into a needed role in the church, but also a role that I believe needs to kept, be kept separate from the preaching role, particularly in a church. So Wendy is a counselor. You have a private... Private practice. Practice yes. called... It's, it's called Wendy Arneson Counseling. That, how did you think of that, Wendy? I mean, did you like hire a firm to kind of help you work through that? When I went to the uh, accountant to get everything set up and get my corporation papers drawn uh -huh. up, there he yeah. said, what do you want to name your yeah. practice? And I said, oh, um... Uh, so you hadn't thought of this? No, uh -huh. it wasn't something I had thought of, and I know right. people think of all these nifty things, but I personally am one of those uh, small-time people. I have no desire to grow into something mm -hmm. bigger, so I'm like, let's lock, let's lock that in. <laughs> I'm gonna lock in the simplicity and yeah. just be Wendy Arneson Counseling Incorporated. I love it, and that means it's just me. Yeah. And it's that works for me. That's my personality. Yeah. That's how I work. So well, it's really cool. That well, is really cool. My dad always jokes with me that. I grew up in a small town. I moved to the suburbs, mm -hmm. but I've turned the suburbs into a small town. I go to the same three restaurants over and over. They they don't have to ask me what I want to drink. Yeah, you know, and and it it's a matter of of moving things to a place that is comfortable for you and yes. fits your style. Yes. So for you, Wendy Arneson Counseling fits your vision and your style, yep. which is really you helping people yes. navigate through life from a, a uniquely Christian perspective, right? That is very true, yes. I really, I love what I do. And I found that through the years, God has just given me the capacity just to love and love people more. Um, hmm. The amount of compassion that shows up, the, the lack of judgment. And I really do see that as miraculous yeah. because I am human. And I have all the same thoughts and feelings as other humans. But when I'm sitting with a person, it's it's just that it really does feel like the Holy Spirit is there. Whether they are a Christian or not, because I see both, um, there is just a, a clear sense of we are here 
to make whatever's happening, whatever the issue is, to just make it better, to get to a better place, to make your life more enjoyable as you live it. Um, and not in a, ooh, we want to be happy. Mm. The goal isn't trying to get people to be happy, even though that's what most people want, but it's to have more of a life that's satisfying, a life that has purpose, and a life that you can go to bed at night and just feel good about your day. So that's kind of your sweet spot. That's your zone. Yes, that right, is right my there. zone. That is. And it's so cool that you said that you've been working with people and you just appreciate them more and more because as I see Mike, I feel like the opposite has really happened to him. Aww. The more he's around people, the less he likes people, Mike. <laughs> would, you, would, yeah. you, would you say that's uh, true? I, I would say I'll be calling Wendy yeah. next week for an appointment. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought, well, we can talk about that. We'll set up a time. Yeah, I'm I'm a complex individual. Uh, (laughs) As opposed to interesting. Yes. Yeah, I got to be one or the other, and I chose complex. It's Uh, amazing how someone can be complex and yet completely uninteresting. (laughs) And I feel like in so many ways, both you and me have have really achieved that. Mike, I think I see what might be part of your problem. <laughs> and I think it might be the fella sitting across from you. <laughs> he, he balances me out. That's this is it. where I mean. this is where we talk about boundaries. Well well Wendy, you know, you talked about uh, kind of the complexity of, of, of humans and uh, just getting people to be happy is beyond just a counseling session. Mm-hmm. Well, I know one of the things that brings happiness to people is, of course, the holidays in general. But I don't know about, uh, Shane, I don't know about you, but I hear a lot of bad stories around the holiday times where people are very emotional, where people appear to be triggered by something. Mm-hmm. Do the holidays kind of bring that out in people? And is that grief? And if so, why? Well, specifically, the holidays are perfectly lined up to make all the good things good or the bad things bad because everything is expanded at that moment everything is bigger than it was you don't just have your porch light on you have all the christmas lights on and you don't just have music playing on the radio you have all the christmas music and and for some that's just delightful and for others it is it's exhausting it puts an expectation on them to be more than maybe they feel like they can be at that particular moment you know for me wendy the holidays are also sort of sticky and, and by that, I mean anything that might happen, good or bad, mm-hmm. if it happens in December, yeah. it sort of sticks to the mm-hmm. holiday. If that, you know, we lost a child uh, before the, the child was born, but it happened in early December. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes a Christmas thing for us. Does that happen a lot? Yes, it really does. And it is something that... Even though it didn't happen on Christmas Day, it affected that season Mm -hmm. in a way that's different than if it happened in the middle of fall. Absolutely. Um, But this is, but the holidays are very important. And I do, I don't want to denigrate the holidays. They are a wonderful time to spend and reflect. But sometimes those reflections lead to real hardships. And even if it was 20 years ago, it brings it back. Our bodies remember, and it's not mm-hmm. just our minds that remember, but our bodies react to things that we see that were like Christmas lights that might remind you, oh, of that time that I pulled up in front of the house with Christmas lights and there were ambulance in front of it. Right. It all reconnects and we have a, a, a visceral reaction to those things a lot of times. And then we tell ourselves, shame on me, I should be over that. And we are complex people. Right. So sometimes it's not something that you can just get over. And then some stuff's fresh, too. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think a lot 
about people who've passed away that, that we love, people in our family. And, you know, you deal with it at the time. Mm-hmm. But for me, the first time it really hits you is when their chair's empty on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and when uh, you, you don't, you're not buying them a Christmas gift yeah. that year, it, it really kind of all hits the fan at that point. And I notice here, Wendy, over the years, with people who are just really struggling, mm-hmm. even people, I'm going to say, who, who are disturbed about mm-hmm. life in general, the, the holidays tend to bring that out and stir that up. Is that fairly common? Yes, it's very common. And it doesn't matter, like you said, if it's fresh and it just happened, it's the first time that you're not buying a gift for that particular person, or if it's happened years ago, because it just, it honestly, because I think, I personally think, and I'm not... I haven't done a study on this, but I do think because of the lights, because of the music. I mean, if it's the middle of spring, you're just listening to whatever's on the radio. But at this time, it's very specific. We have very specific triggers, if you will, because it's so all condensed around this most wonderful time of the year. Um, and those are those are real reminders. Yeah, because really it's supposed are. to be. Because yeah. the song says yeah. it is. It's yeah. supposed it to be the most wonderful right. time of the year. But what happens when it's not? Right. Yeah. Energy is just being put into that. It's such a big magnified time. You mentioned about people sometimes are feeling this grief and they think, well, shame on me. I shouldn't feel that. I imagine in the Christian world that gets even more complex, right? Because we do have a faith that is about joy. Even in the midst of suffering, in some ways, we mm-hmm. have a faith that says, you know, just be thankful. Uh, what do Christians do with grief? Is it okay to feel grief and be a Christian? Yes. For a one-word answer, yes, it is okay to feel grief and be a Christian. Um, to expand out on that, though, we do place a lot of, I think especially as Christians, a lot of judgment or guilt that you should feel okay about this because you know that you're going to heaven or that your loved one is a believer in Jesus Christ and they're in the arms of God. So you should just be okay about all of this. And you get a lot of shoulds. You should do this. You should do this to feel feel better. You should start doing these things. And um, the thing is, yes, your loved one might be in the arms of Jesus, but you are here. And Jesus' arms, as much as I would love, they are not flesh and blood at this particular moment. I don't get to feel them around me. I can feel a hug from a friend. I can feel a hug from another Christian person um, or from a member of my family. But I miss the person that died. And I would love to be able to be with Jesus with them, but I have to wait. And that's a really hard thing. And, And not just the missing part of it, but the actual like kick to the gut that death can be. Mm. And I feel like a lot of times, and this can be in the Christian world, but it can be in the non-Christian world too. um, We are told to, you know, do what we need to do, get that funeral done, cry a few times and then get back to work and stiff upper lip. We're not British, but we, (laughs) a lot of us came from that direction and it it (laughs) follows. And, And one thing I always like to think about when I'm dealing with somebody who is actively grieving is, I'll think to myself, if you were, um, of an, if you were uh, a Jewish person in the Bible, they would grieve for thirty days. Right. They would grieve for sixty days. They mm. would rip their clothes. Mm. They would pour ashes on their head. They would wail, and 
that's not allowed in my family. I mean, I don't know what my parents would do if I started pouring ashes on my head and ripping my clothes, but sometimes that's honestly the healthiest thing that you can do mm. is just to wail and let it out. And it's in the Bible, which means it's not something that's said as, oh, you shouldn't do this. It's more just said this is an, a, a human reaction to grief, and these are people who believe and love the Lord, and if this is how they respond to it, that is okay if we have a similar response. Wendy, I remember when Melissa and I were very young. I'm, I'm going to say I'm 24 years old. We've got a brand new baby. We had a close friend who was a, a couple who were close friends, and they had a, a little boy a year older than Zach. Long story short, she, she and her son pulled out onto the highway, and a uh, she pulled in front of a semi-truck, and both she and the little boy were killed. And I remember just being at the funeral, some of my Christian friends, it was sort of like, you should be happy. She's in heaven. He, he's in heaven. And, and I just remember thinking, I know they're in heaven, but I'm not ready to be happy yet. I, right. I've got some things I need to work through. There's a journey I need to take mm -hmm. before I'm where you are. And, and frankly, I found them a bit offensive mm -hmm. at, at yeah. the time because they weren't giving me room to, to travel where I needed to go. And everybody kind of has a different journey they need to travel yes. in, in the face of grief. And sometimes we need to give people the grace to travel it, right? But yes. to make sure they are moving. Yes. And I think that's a really good point. We do need to give them the grace to travel it. We do need to make sure that they're moving. Um, but time is a huge portion of all of this. And a lot of it does have to do with pulling back, being there, being present with them. But when I say pulling back, I mean pulling back your own expectations and just <laughs> watching, listening, responding to them as they are. Absolutely. Now, that's a good way for someone who is helping someone walk through grief. What about the person who's walking through grief, is there some tips you can give to help them navigate through the grief they're walking through in the holiday season? Well, number one tip is um, feel your feelings. Um, I know, Shane, you have a saying that whatever when you get squeezed, whatever's inside you comes out. Sure. Yeah. A lot of us want to squash down our feelings. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, we're afraid something inappropriate will come out, right? Sure. Yeah. And, and, but our feelings are not bad things. They can lead us. I, I have a saying that I, I kind of come back to that feelings are fickle. Mm -hmm. And that is true in everyday life. Right. You know, I may feel a certain way, but how I act on it depends, needs to depend more on my obedience to God, my own decisions, my mm -hmm. own, my own plan to be a type of person that I can be proud of. Um, but when it comes to something like grieving, our feelings are going to go all over the place. Um, we may laugh in a weird spot and then feel really horrible. Why are we laughing? What's wrong with us? And right. the thing is, when you are actively grieving, when it's acute and it's something that's recently happened, you're, it's not just your feelings, it's your entire body. You will have physiological reactions. You may be so tired, hmm. even though you had plenty of sleep the night before. You can't think very right. clearly. You, it, it affects our entire mind, body, and soul. As Christians, we know our souls are connected to all of this as well. Right. But I would say the first thing is to feel your feelings and surround yourself with people who are safe to feel mm. your feelings around. And that's not going to be everyone. 
Right. That's right. It's going to be certain people that you have, and it might even be a surprise who that person is. Mm -hmm. You might find someone else's that connection to where you can just sit and stare and watch something stupid on Netflix, and they will sit and stare along with you, and that was actually a really good night if you get a chance to do something like that. Excellent. You know, that kind of brings up holiday gatherings, right? Because there's a lot of people who uh, want to go to holiday gatherings. They want to move kind of through the grief, but literally the family there triggers the grief oftentimes, or there's not great boundaries. What would you say to someone who, you know, would like to go to a holiday gathering, but they're just not quite sure if they can get through it uh, during the holidays? Yeah. Uh, First thing, very practically, I would say take two cars. (laughs) (laughs) So you have an escape plan if you need to, you know, that's something whereas if you're going with your family and the rest of them are doing well, but you are not, that you can tell everyone, love you, I'm going to go home now. I need some time by myself. You almost have to give yourself that permission too, right? You can't think I'm the same person three years ago. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm walking through this grief right now. I have to give myself permission and I, and you, I'm assuming you can't worry about their expectations, right? Not really. You really and and that sounds so cold and heartless, yeah. but but the fact is is that's actually a really healthy way of dealing with things and you can be honest. And and some for some people that's hard because they want to fulfill other people's expectations. Mm-hmm. But to honestly say I am so worn out. I am so broken. I just want to sit down and put a blanket around me and lay on the couch for a while and mm-hmm. I can't do that with 30 cousins and 15 aunts and uncles around. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and leave. Will you let everyone know? And I will see you at the next thing. And and be proud of yourself. You made an effort to get there. That is something, I think a lot of times we're like, oh, I should have done better. No, you did something. It's back to Shane's point about how you got to move people along. Yeah. You know, you may not be five years down the grieving process, five years away from whenever the event happened, but at least you moved forward well, in that way. And what's one of the best ways to move people along? It's not by pointing out all the ways they messed up. <laughs> it's by encouraging all the ways they did well. Mm-hmm. And that is that mm-hmm. makes you desire, you know what? I'm okay to leave early if I need to. And since I'm okay to leave early, I might not need to. That kind of permission, that kind of acceptance is a part of that whole package. And so for the person who's struggling to get there, um, give them permission Mm -hmm. to, you come as long as you need to, you leave when you want to, and we've got you. Um, For the person who is the the friend, the family member who's Mm -hmm. alongside them, there's a real chance just to show a lot of grace and a lot of support. And that person who maybe comes and then leaves early would be able to go back and say, I... I'm actually, that actually turned out okay. That wasn't a terrible night. That was a hard night. Right. But hard things are often very good things that we need to do in order to keep moving on that path. Wendy, one thing I hear you saying is just if you've had a a loss this year, if it's really hard this year, it's still important to go to those holiday things. Uh, It's still important to to continue that move forward. And, and, create some boundaries and, and be be gentle with yourself. But it is important to not just hole up and uh, disappear. Yeah. I, you know, a lot of this depends on your personality. And it's funny, I was talking to, uh, Shane mentioned I married, I have three sons, and I was talking to them the other night about this podcast. And mm-hmm. I said, so if one of us 
you know, we're, we are all alive and healthy at the table. But if one of us were to die, how would you think you would handle it? Hmm. What is your guess of how you would want to deal with this? And it was interesting to hear the different personalities come out. My husband was like, I want all my friends here. I want them to stay here. <laughs> yeah. I want them to sit on the couch with me. Yeah. He named off certain people. I want them to sit with me and just hang with me and just be with me. And then my my firstborn son, who's perfect type A achiever, is like, I would keep busy. I would have things I could do and just keep my mind occupied. Mm-hmm. And then my middle I'm with son. Him, incidentally. That's, I'm with that's him. you. Yeah. That's do you right. know where you are, Mike? <laughs> Uh, I, I'm complex, Wendy. Yes. Yeah. I've Uninteresting. Heard. But I've heard. complex. I've yeah. Heard. yeah, for me, it's like that bumper sticker, Jesus is coming, look busy. Yes, you there know, it is. For me, that is the cure for everything. But I really am. I'm that type A kind That's of That's your person. type. Yeah. That's right. And what, what it would be best for me would be to go back to work. And yeah. and then, then there's me. Yeah. And I am the person who... Just has a counseling office that's just me. Mm-hmm. That Wendy Arneson Counseling. That's all there is, and that's all there's ever going to be. It's a one-stop shop. That's right? a one all there's ever going to be. So here's my husband who wants everyone there. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's me. It's like I just want to be alone. Mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. just want to be alone. Mm-hmm. I would want to be in my room. I would want a blanket around me, and I just want to be alone. And my middle son was the same way. And so looking at those things. None of those are wrong, but anything taken to an extreme becomes unhealthy. Right. Right. Yeah, it can go wrong. It can go wrong. And so the kind, the importance is, is to find that balance. So for me, if it was me dealing with grief at this particular moment, I would have to push myself to actually show up for Christmas Eve service, you know, and come in late and leave early if I have to. Yeah. But to actually show up, that would be my way of pushing myself. Mm-hmm. If it was my husband, he would have to slow it down. So that he can think. And, and my son, who is active and wants to keep busy and do things, and, and you, you might have to actually say, you know what, I have to schedule time to not have anything to do, but actually sit and reflect and and feel what I feel. And one thing I really like about that is knowing yourself, What what is your personality, what is your typical way, is... It's not saying that it's it's wrong. It's not wrong. It's just saying that the balance has to be put into place. So I'm going to give myself little goals. Mm. Um, for my husband to sit in silence, it would probably be 10 minutes tops. That's that's all. For me to sit in silence, it would be 23 in hours and 30 minutes. <laughs> um, but that is where I have to push myself then mm-hmm. to find people to talk to, um, to make it to the events. And... And so to find that place of just, okay, that healthy middle. And one of the ladies who I really like, um, there's a book called Grief Works. Her name's Julia Samuel. And she calls it getting yourself in second gear to where you're not vroom, revving and going down the highway, but you're not like idling at a stop. You're actually moving at a slow pace that's getting you somewhere, mm-hmm. but not putting a lot of pressure on you. And I really like that. I like that idea, that visual of just getting yourself out of first into second, but that's enough. And Wendy, one of the things for me, I think it's one of Satchel Page's rules of baseball. He said, never slow down. Something might be gaining on you. Mm-hmm. What I have to realize with my personality is, is sometimes I stay so busy because I don't want to deal with things. And that becomes my Somebody else may hole up at home Mm -hmm. because they don't want to deal with things. But I'm going to stay busy, and I have to remind myself, 
you do have to deal with this. Yes. You mm-hmm. can't just keep running and running and running and staying busy or it's going to come back and bite you in the butt at some point yeah. because you've not dealt with things. Yeah. So being honest about where you are, but regardless of how you handle things, I'm hearing you say, you still have to deal with this. Yes. You still have to deal with it. You do. You do. And your example of just staying so busy um, is such a good one because I do feel like that's kind of the American way. We just go, go, go. I mean, there's all sorts of different people and personalities, but that is a very good way of keeping our like society going. We bury our mom on Monday, and by the next week, we're back at work. You My know, gosh, it made America great. Oh, Monday. I know, I know. It's fantastic. Well, and I love, I love being an American. I am very pleased with, I have no, no grievances, but I will say, or at least not for this podcast, maybe that's a different podcast. <laughs> that's a different podcast. Now, that would um, be the one we're not going to do in the future. I would assume so. I would assume so. And that's good. But, um, I, one of the things I remember when, so my, my youngest son, Samuel has autism and that was a grief for of us course. of going through that this mm-hmm. son of ours is not going to grow and develop the way we had hoped he had. One of his therapists who came to our house and worked with him, she also had a child with autism, and she gave me this tip. She said that um, there are some days where she just feels like she is gone too far, too fast, can't handle much more, and she's about ready to explode or break down. And so what she will do is look at her calendar and schedule out a time for her to break down. <laughs> and she will literally say, okay, from... 4.30 to 5.30 p.m., I'm going to pull over into a parking lot and just cry my eyes out. Mm-hmm. And once five, once that hour is over, I'm going to wash my face, I'm going to get myself a soda, and I'm going to head back out. And I love that idea because I love the fact that she gave herself permission to feel all her feelings, but she didn't let them take over everything mm-hmm. because she had a lot of work still to do. Her job wasn't over, but she needed that break. And, and having... Just the self-care and the yeah. awareness enough to, mm-hmm. to say that. Yeah. I don't have to be good. On Tuesday between 1 and one thirty. Yeah. Uh, it's okay yeah. just to tend to things. Yeah. But it's so important, I, I think, that people understand that you have to deal with this. Yes. And numbing it isn't dealing with it. Mm-mm. Hiding isn't dealing with it. Running isn't dealing with it. We have to, to deal with it. And at the end of the day, Wendy, what is it, what is the work in front of people who are grieving during the holidays or grieving period? What is the actual it? That That is a great question because it is work. It is not, I mean, death comes. You know, we fight against death, but death is going to come. What happens after is hard work. It is hard work, and not just the practical stuff of closing out an estate or selling a house or going through clothes, but f- having, I, they, um, C.S. Lewis, when he talks about it, says he feels like there's an invisible blanket between him, between him and mankind, hmm. and that he's just padded, but he has to keep going, and that takes work. I mean, if you think about it, if you have a blanket around you, you ha- are moving differently, but it's up to you whether you keep right. walking one step in front of the other, and good it's it's hard work but it's good work and one thing that you need to know for the person out there who is grieving and who has lost someone that they love is your life is never going to be the same it isn't because someone who has been there is not going to be there at least not until not until we are all changed but for now as we walk on this earth we 
I will always miss that person. And as and that I think there's a part of us that thinks we should get over this, but in honesty, you're going to change forever anytime you lose someone that you love. And change is always going to be hard. Change is always work. It always takes a takes a chunk out of us. But change is also especially when it's given when we are working towards being closer to the Lord, it is going to change us for the better. One thing you said that I, I think is just brilliant, though, is a lot of times when we say get over it, what we're really saying is get back to feeling the way I did before the loss. What I hear you saying, that's not going to happen. Mm. What will happen is we will change in a way that we will still be able to embrace and enjoy life. Mm -hmm. As you were talking, I just had this incredible epiphany that so often when I think about get over it, I think about returning to a state before the death or or whatever it is. Well, that's not going to happen. You can't go back there. We have to go forward, but we can change and, and morph in ways that life can still be good yes and that is incredible yeah yeah it's just incredible and that and that is the nature of yeah. of all of this I mean we can't we can't ever go back yeah. but we can always go forward and even going forward in pain is going to lead us to a new place um, a place where we will always miss that person yeah. but we will also maybe enjoy and and hold dear those in front of us in a way that we didn't before. I know um, another thing, I mentioned C.S. Lewis, and I love what he wrote in A Grief Observed, but he also said something, the cross comes before the crown. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, there's going to be suffering in this world. We cannot avoid it. You know, I know we all want to be happy, and Christmas is a happy time, but there is still always going to be suffering. But as we continue to move forward, we will eventually move from the cross to the crown and we will see God at work and that that will change us even more as we keep going forward. Beautiful. I do have one more question, but one of the things that popped in my mind, Wendy, was just this whole idea that Shane brought up about hard work. Mm-hmm. This is hard work and I and I don't know about you, but I've just encountered people in my world it's a lot about discipleship, honestly, is that they don't you know, someone who goes through a severe loss, they're not just gonna naturally come out of that correct? That's correct. They're actually going to have to put some really hard work into getting better. And a lot of that too, you mentioned, I feel like we're all talking about self-awareness and Shane, I don't know your generation of pastors, you kind of had to learn self-awareness on your own. I think you had to figure that how to be self-aware. I was kind of trained in self-awareness. I know you've had similar, you help other people. How many people come to you and they just don't have that self-awareness? And is that some, one of the big things that, uh, uh, they walk into this place and they don't understand that they're the type of person who needs 23 hours to process. Yeah. Or they don't understand that they're the person who's just driven all the time and they're avoiding it. Is that one of the issues that people have a lack of self-awareness when going through the grieving process? Yes, I think so. Especially, I was going to say especially younger people, but that's not necessarily true. It's, It's of all ages. When you aren't Taking the time, I mean, there's a there's a sense of maturity that comes along with being self-aware. It's accepting who you are 
not necessarily mm. trying to make <laughs> yourself into something right. different to perform for someone else's idea. Like I didn't re I realized that I am a quieter person. Um, but I'm, people expect me to be more than that. And, and I'm going off on a tangent here, but I am good at being friendly. I'm a very friendly person, yeah. but then I'm very tired afterwards. Sure. And so, yeah. so like after this podcast, I will need a nap. This, sure. this is you guys. I'm are, taking a nap now. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's yeah. not that's not saying much about this podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's because I started talking. Yes, it, it, was, oh, it was Mike. Oh, it was Mike. It wasn't me. It no. Wasn't me. No. Good, no. Good, good. No, no, no. But no, I think you're exactly right to yeah. kind of know yourself and what you yeah. need, and to accept that part of yourself. But then again, that's yeah. where the work comes in is to push to the next thing. What I love with that conversation you had with your family, the bigger idea for me um, is just that you guys are cultivating self-awareness in that moment oh thank you you know what i mean it was like well, who am i dealing with grief and then it really just shares that's who they are as a person so i just think that's a beautiful family exercise oh thank in, you in general so here final question speaking of family and loved ones if there's someone in our family who just uh, uh had a, a close loss to them maybe not as close to uh us uh, how should we treat that person? Hmm. My father-in-law passed away last year. He had, he had cancer, yeah. and it happened so quick. And uh, my mm. wife was, uh, she was a loss for my li a wife, uh, and a loss for me as well, yeah. but a huge loss for her. And uh, she's just said, uh, you know, she doesn't really, she has talked about it. She's mourned. She's still mourning, but she doesn't talk about it for a couple of weeks. And then the other day she just said, I'm sad. Yeah. I'm sad out of nowhere. And it just kind of stopped me because I'm not thinking about it. Yeah. And so I just kind of got quiet and said, I'm sorry. I think I gave her a hug and something like that. Yeah. But I think it goes back to that grief kind of roller coaster that we go through. Uh, as a spouse like me, if it's a friend, how should we think of how can we help someone who's going through a uh, severe loss? Well, you did excellent there. And oh, so yeah. did your wife. I'm so glad. I was actually thinking about you when we were preparing for this because I knew your father-in-law had passed. And I was wondering, how was Thanksgiving? How will Christmas be? It's, it's hard. Those first anniversaries of things are, you really feel their loss. And I'm glad that when you came home, your wife said, I am sad. And well done, Valerie. That mm -hmm. is really incredible. And that you slowed down whatever you were doing and you, you touched her, you hugged her, um, and you were just there. And sometimes it's a matter of just saying, do you want to talk and sit down? And they might say yes and talk for 20 minutes. Or they might say, no, but I'm just sad. And that's okay, too. Right. Um, listening to them is very important. You have to be with them to listen to them. Yeah. That's a big thing. And so to be available, to be around, um, and to listen if they want to sit and talk or sit and be quiet. Or they don't want to be around anybody right then. That's also, yeah. you're really paying attention to the person who is who's had the tremendous loss. Um, but I do have, uh, I do think it's very important to speak the person's name out loud. Hmm. I think a lot of times we say, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry for your loss, as opposed to, um, I don't, what's your father-in-law's name? John. I miss John. I wish John was here today. And there's something about it is once a person passes, we tend to not say their names as much, hmm. but they, that relationship is still very profound. That person is still a person that has made a big impact on our life. So say their names. Hmm. Say that you thought about them. And sometimes you'll get a response that seems awkward. Sometimes you get a response that goes to crying. And I think for us who are trying to be um, comforting to hmm. the bereaved, we have to get comfortable with our own discomfort. Yeah. 
Because yeah. we get uncomfortable if somebody starts crying. Yeah. And we get uncomfortable. There's there's a, you know, we actually feel what they're feeling. If you're with somebody and they're crying, yeah. the ugly cry, um, you're going to feel all that discomfort. And yeah. we don't like to be uncomfortable. But to be able to say, you know what, this is where we weep mm-hmm. with those who weep. And this is where we laugh with those who laugh. Um, but another thing I would say, so, so say, be there for them, mm-hmm. be present, um, say the person's name. Um, but the last thing is be yourself because so many things have changed in that person's life that if you become mm-hmm. all mopey and sad whenever you're around them, yeah. then that's just another, in a sense, it's another loss. Whereas you, if you come in and you're your same goofy self, but you touch them, you hug mm-hmm. them, you say that person's name, then it's like mm-hmm. that part is still kind of the mm-hmm. same. I can count on Mike to be Mike. I can mm-hmm. count on Shane to be Shane. I am not myself anymore. Right. Things have changed for me, but I can count on these people. And mm-hmm. there's a real sense of, ah, okay, the, some things are still the same. So I need to be my goofy self. Yes. Keep these on. Keep these headphones on. Walk electric, over to the house. Electric she'll think, blue, babe. Yeah, she'll yeah. love it. She'll absolutely <laughs> love it because this is the kind of stuff I do, Shane. I know it is, Mike. Yeah. I, I know it is. Wendy, I, I think that was as helpful as anything I've probably ever heard. And because a lot of times I think we look for, we want something to do. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. this this kind of gives us a, an approach, if you will. And the other thing that's important to me is that uh, that we exercise some emotional intelligence in, in these moments. And, yeah. and one thing I've always, I always say to people when they have times of loss, I said, you know, people don't mean to say things that upset you, they just don't know what to say, and yes. so they say dumb crap. Yes, yeah. they do. <laughs> Sometimes it's just better to just be there, pay attention to the emotional cues of yeah. the other person. Yes. And part of that is I would like some silence, and it may be helpful if you didn't say dumb stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And other times, other times it's clear that they want to talk about other things, but one of the things I've learned to do, I think my nature is to want to help, quote unquote, yes. which a lot of times isn't helpful at all. It just helps me release my need to be right. helpful. Yes. Right. And what I've learned to do over the years is, is try to listen emotionally Yes. and say, mm-hmm. let them determine how we navigate this on this holiday. If they want to talk about the 1972 New York mix, Let's talk about the 1972 yes. New York Knicks. Let's just go with them. We have to go in with no agenda of our own. Yeah. And that's and hard for some of us. That is hard for some of us. Uh-huh. And and a lot of times we think, okay, I'm going to do this and help. And then we, if we pay attention, then we might have to completely change that and be very flexible. But that is, but that's exactly it. It's not about us at that moment. And sometimes that's hard, right? But yes. that's another self-awareness piece. It is this a isn't about thing. me. It's not about my discomfort. This is about me being, this is about them and where they are. Exactly. And me being graced to be a part of their life and part of their journey. Amen. That's exactly right. Yes. Well, Wendy, we want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been our privilege. Thank you. And uh, we just hope that we can even bring you again sometime because this has been incredible. Some really, really good tips. I know I'm going to walk away and think about some of these things. Yeah, you'll yeah. have to go home to Valerie and say, hey, I'm thinking about John. Yeah, that's, right? Right. that's exactly that's right. right. That's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, so thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. Well, we thank you also for listening to Navigating Change with Shane and Mike. We hope you and those that you love have an incredible Christmas. We'll talk with you next time and make sure that you keep... Moving.